aren't you glad this morning he's still on the throne? No way. I know God always knows what we're going through. And uh, I know he always knows it because he's looking down. He's, he's seeing us. Sometimes we don't think that maybe he is, but he is. And I'll be honest this morning. You got your Bibles, go to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. I can tell you that I struggle. And I still have to remember he's on the throne. And I know this morning that if any of each of us would be honest with ourselves, there's times in our lives when we struggle so greatly we just wonder why. You know, what did we do wrong or what did we forget to do or, you know, or just what it might be that the answer could be to why we're not, uh, why we're struggling and why maybe it even seems like God's letting us go through it without an understanding as to why. If you would this morning stand with us. <clears throat> Got a real simple title this morning. Come in faith. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That is passed into heaven. To the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Therefore, or excuse me, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, this morning I thank thee, Lord, and I pray thee, Father, help us today. Give us what we need, Father, heart. Lord, give us what we need in our soul. Lord, I pray today, Father, let thy word flow through me. Let me not be a hindrance, dear God, we ask this morning in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Let me make sure. Trying today to cover all the bases. You know, <clears throat> I thought about this scripture, was reading the other day, looking for some other things, and come across this verse of scripture, let us therefore come boldly. It's one that we've preached on before, it's one we've used several times. The word boldly doesn't mean arrogantly, it means with assurance. I, I thought about this because a lot of times <clears throat> we go before the throne of God and we go there with boldness. Like we're going to tell God what to do. And I, I don't want to arrogantly come before the throne of God. And, and I know a lot of folks who use scriptures 
in various ways. And the Bible says uh, that God will give us the, delight, the, the desires of our heart. But the Bible tells us before that to delight ourselves in the Lord, in the law of God. So if I'm obedient and I'm delighting myself in following him, the desire of my heart is really his will. And God will give me that. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. But the word ask is, is asking God to perform his will in your life. And therefore, when I ask God something, I'm asking God his will, his plan, his way. I want his word to be done in me. It's no secret, and it's never been a secret since I let the cat out of the bag many years ago. And if you forgot, I'll remind you, Ernie's a schemer. He always tries to figure out what it is, how to get what he really, really wants. And I mean, he, I'm good at it. Don't take me wrong. I've learned, though, not to scheme for the things of the world and I'm trying to learn how to be patient not to scheme up the things of God. You know, how, how do I make his plan come true to fruition faster? How is it that I, I feel like God's leading me down this road, but it, it might be two miles down the road. How do I skip the first mile and get to the second mile? I'm like that. But if I'm going to receive anything, I have to come in faith. And faith means that I wait for God's plan to be fulfilled in my life. Faith means you wait for God's plan to be fulfilled in your life. And the only way we're going to get that, though, is if we come in faith. And faith means I'm trusting, waiting, and following God. Remember we said the other day, we preached in this Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance and evidence. My faith has to be also substance and evidence. God's is, I'm waiting for God, right? The substance, the evidence. Well, God wants to see the same in my life. If, if you look at it this way, in the book of James, he said this in chapter 2, verse 18. Yea, a man saying, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Substance and evidence. And then this, if I'm coming in faith, then that means I'm already believing that what God will do will be the perfect plan and will of God. A lot of folks today don't think about this, but, but when you start to think about it a little bit further back there, I want you to think about what he says in verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest. By the way, what do we call his name today? Jesus. Savior. Redeemer. Son of God. The Word. God in the flesh. I mean, we can look at it today and we, we say this, but he is our great high priest. He is our interceder. He said that is passed into the heavens 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. What is that? Our faith in Him. Let us hold it fast. How many of you have prayed for something and seen it come to pass just the way you wanted it? And then you prayed for something and it came to pass in a different way. And you still had to have faith that that was still the right way to be done. Because, I mean, after all, it's like, like driving from the back seat when you try to tell God what to do and how to do it. You know, I, I learned over the last little bit, my wife done a lot of driving. And, and Sister Donafe asked me the question, if I was a backseat driver, and I said, I've tried not to be, but I have been. There's times, there's times when I tried to apply my brake, and it didn't work. There was times I thought in my mind, we ought to park here, turn here, and it didn't work. But I tried to be good. And, and I'll be honest with you, my wife would probably tell you she, I was probably better than she expected in some ways. But you know what? Every so often it comes out. It's like that with God. We come to God and we ask God to do something. And God, we'd like for you to do it this way. Or we'd like for you to do this. And then we have the way that we want God to do it. We start backseat driving God. Instead of having faith that what we've asked God, that if it is his will, he's going to bring it to pass. And he's going to bring it to pass, though, in his time and in his way, which will always be the right time and always be the right way. And in the end of that, there's not going to be any errors. It's real hard, though. But it says, hold fast don't let go for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities he he is touched by what we are grieved with he's touched by our struggles he's touched in our questions he understands exactly what it is we are going through at the very time that we are going through it because he's seen it coming. He's not caught off guard. He's not surprised by anything. We get surprised. We get shocked. We get dismayed. We get in question. I, I mean, there, it's, it's part of our life, but, but our Father, our, our Father knows absolutely everything. He's seen the future as if it was history. He understands my present far before I even knew I would have a present. And in that, I'm supposed to trust him because why? He did know what I, would already, what I am knowing. So God's not shocked by anything. Can I tell you, if you reject God, God is not shocked by your rejection. If you embrace God, God is not shocked by your embracing. It's just like this, that God loves you and I so much, he gave us Jesus, right? And in that, he gave us his only begotten son so that we, through him, could have eternal life to be with God. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But God knows who he is. 
and who isn't. Can I tell you something this morning? The devil likes to make you think God doesn't care and therefore try to prolong your wait. Some would say, well, Brother Ernie, I'm going to get saved. It doesn't matter if I'm saved today or if I'm saved tomorrow. No, listen to me very carefully. God knows. The devil tries to distract. The decision is still yours and mine. That's why the devil says it doesn't matter. You don't need that. Don't change. Don't care. Don't worry. I'm telling you this morning, whatever he says, do the opposite of. If the devil, just think about it this way. How many of us need prayer? How many of us need to pray? So the devil says you don't need to pray. If you hear in your mind right now the devil saying, and I'm going to tell you, it's the devil that's saying it. If you hear, well, you don't need to pray. That's the devil talking to you. If you're not saved and you hear in your mind right now, the voice says, oh, you don't need to be saved. That's the devil talking to you. Well, we're in church. Can the devil talk to me in church? Oh, absolutely. He loves to dwell in the church. He likes his little dominion demons to dwell in the church. See, anybody ever watch Despicable Me? Gru has minions. Minions just means a bunch. Okay? The devil has minions he's got minions bunches of devils bunches of demons bunches of followers ask ask the man who who could not be found in fetters and chains and when the, the, the lord asked him what his name was he said my name is legion for we are minions in one man was many demons and yet Jesus had the power to get rid of all those demons, cast them in a bunch of pigs. They run off the hill violently, the Bible says, and drown in the sea. The funny thing was, when that man was sitting there clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, everybody else was terrified, horrified, and disgusted. Terrified that he had such power. Horrified that the that they had entered into the pigs and disgusted that their pigs were dead. They were more concerned about themselves than they were about the one. And yet the Bible tells us that we ought to be more concerned about the one than ourselves. If we're born again, we ought to be showing people how to come to the Lord in faith. Believe and have their lives changed. again going on he can be touched the Bible says this but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin he's gone through the situations that you and I will go through or have gone through and if you say you've never been tempted to do anything wrong this morning can I tell you you fulfilled the scripture the Bible says let God be true and all men liars Every man born among men, every woman born, I, I mean, if you, if you draw the breath and live long enough, you told a lie. Well, not me, Brother Arnie. No, now you just lied again. 
And, and you know, we hear, we hear people say stuff, and I've said it before, you know, if you think you're absolutely perfect, let me fill the baptistry up, you can walk across the water and go ahead. Ain't nobody can do that, by the way, except Jesus. And ain't nobody can do it without him. Peter got his eyes off the Lord and sunk. Peter walked on water, by the way, church. Don't ever discount that. He did walk on water, but it was because he was walking to Jesus, whom he just asked. Lord, if it be thou thee, bids me come to thee on the water. Jesus said, come. Why did Peter step out of the boat? He had faith. The voice he heard was the Lord's. He had faith. That he could go to the Lord walking on the water. Because if Jesus is on the water, I can be on the water. Why did Peter sink? Got his eyes off of Christ. His faith wavered. What does James tell us? Any man? Go over to James real quick there. I didn't put this one down. James chapter 1. If any of you, in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Don't doubt at all. Don't doubt at all. Now, isn't it amazing right here that God said, if any man lack wisdom. Some would say, well, Brother Arnie, why, why, why are you pointing that out? Because listen to me. Wisdom is understanding who God is. Wisdom is understanding the will of God. Wisdom is understanding the word of God. He could have said, if any man lacks substance of any sort, let him ask of God, and he will give him everything, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And then God would have had to give you whatever you wanted in substance. But when he said wisdom, he's saying, trust that God is right, and don't ever doubt it. Trust that the word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, everything about God is right. And don't doubt it. And then he goes on and he says this. Let him ask nothing wavering, but let him, excuse me, for he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea that is driven uh, uh, with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So don't, don't ask God for wisdom and then doubt that God will do it. Hey, have you ever said, God, show me the way. God, make it clear to me what I need to do or what I should not do even. God, help me so that I'll do what you would have me to do. And just as soon as God begins to work, we begin to think, well, that can't be the will of God. That can't be the plan of God. That can't be the way of God. 
I mean, after all, I was asking God what, I, what he wanted me to do, and I expected God to do what I wanted him to do instead of me doing what God wanted me to do. I've wanted to play the piano, Sister Barbara, all my life. You know how many dreams I had about just walking over, sitting down, and just start playing the piano like I've been playing it all my life? And yet God's never given me the ability to play the piano. And I've asked him over and over again. Some would say, Brother Ernie, it takes time and practice. We've got to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just telling you something, church. God has never given me the ability to play the piano. I've tried to learn notes. I know how to run the scales. I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb. I can play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I mean, I can sit down sometimes and I can finger and thumb my way through certain songs just a little bit with one hand, but I cannot play the piano. And I'll tell you why. If I ever got to where I could play the piano, I would be a show-off. Well, brother, are, are you? No, I'm telling you. I know for a fact I would be a show-off if God blessed me with the talent to play the piano like and therefore, I cannot play the piano because God does not intend for me to be a show-off. Do I believe God could if he wanted to? Absolutely. But can I tell you something, church? A lot of times what we want, we want so bad we'll ignore the will of God. But what the Bible's been trying to tell us is don't ignore the will of God, follow the will of God. If we're going to come to God in faith and we're going to come and we're going to ask God to save our souls, if we're going to ask God to change our lives and we're going to ask God to make us better than what we are, if we're going to ask God to make us a success in life, realize this, success is not measured by our wealth. It is measured by our faith. Enoch was a success. He walked with God and was not, for the Lord took him away. Abraham was a success because he was considered a friend of God, a preacher of righteousness. Noah was considered. He was a success. Joshua was a success. Caleb was a success. Daniel was a success. You, you go through the scripture, you find all kinds of successful people, and they were never successful based upon what they accumulated. They were successful because of their faith in God and their walk with him. Well, then if we go back over here to chapter 4, it says, Let us therefore come boldly, that's with faith, under the throne of grace. How many of you knew that you needed to be saved? Took me a while to get there, but I finally come to the conclusion I need to be saved. I wish I would learned that a lot earlier. So I got to go one day to the, to the throne. One day I stepped out from my pew because I, I you know the story, I was there and, and I told, I just, the Lord told me, Ernie, you need to be saved. I wrote it down on the bulletin, showed it to Lynetta. And I got up, and I went up there, and Brother Roy Woodard was standing up there. I, I went there. I told him that I needed to be saved. He said, Brother, he said, let us pray together. 
or he said Arnie, and so we prayed together, and he held my hand, and there he prayed, and as he was praying, I was uh, silently praying a little bit, listening to what he said, but when it was all said and done, there was something that had to happen. See, he had said a good prayer, but I needed to have a good one in my heart. I turned around from where there was, walked over to the front side of the pew, because the church didn't have no altar. It already graduated to the point where there wasn't no need for an altar in the church. This is back in 1989, 1990, that is. I walked over and I knelt down there and I prayed. And that day I prayed. I got saved because I come boldly before the throne. I believed with all of my heart that the Lord could save me. I still believe the only reason I'm saved today is because of him. Oh, I've messed up, church. Believe me, I've messed up. Praise God, he's always been there when I confessed up. To come boldly means to come with faith. God can meet your needs. God can do a work in your life. Your life can be changed. Your life can be different if you put your faith and your trust in him. If you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it will be different. There are some people who say, well, it's not different for me. I, I put my faith in him a long time ago, and it's not no different to me. I'm just going to call you out this morning and tell you, you didn't put your faith in him. You're still trusting. We may obtain mercy, and I needed mercy in my life. And by the way, church, I still do. And find grace to help in the time of need. A few scriptures here I'll read and I'll close. Hebrews 13, verse 6 says this, So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I put my faith and my trust in him. He helps me. And I'll get through this life regardless of what somebody else thinks of me. Jesus, and I, I looked this up, and I won't read all, all of these, but, but we know this. Jesus, in, in his healing process, and I say process, in his healing process, miracles and in in the things that he done in people's lives he repeated this these two words thy faith thy faith thy faith thy faith has made thee whole you know if you if you think about it this way Matthew chapter 9 verse 22 and Jesus turned unto him and when he saw her, said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. This was the woman with the issue of blood. If you look at it in another place, and it says this, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Mark chapter 10, 52. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. There was a blind man. Thy faith has made thee whole. 
There was another point there where one man was let down by four men, and Jesus, the Bible says, seeing their faith, said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed, and go. Jesus talked about how that it was the faith that we had in him that changed our lives. Oh, it's he that does the changing. But when you put your faith somewhere else, church, that means you're no longer trusting in yourself. You're trusting in someone else. It's just the simple examples that we give. You know, sometimes we think we are how can we how how do I put this? Sometimes we think we are helping others build confidence by doing things that are ridiculous. Sit in the car and let your eye dry on the road. She may have done it twice, I don't know. And even though she didn't do everything the way I thought she ought to done it, I tried to keep my mouth shut. I've done that with Kayla. I've done that with Daisy. I've done that with my wife. And I'll tell you something else. I'd rather ride with her every day of the week as to ride with anybody else sitting in this room. And it's not because I don't think you know how to drive. You drove here this morning or you've been driving all It's because I don't know how you drive. But if the time ever come necessary and needful, I would have, I believe, enough faith to get in the car with anybody and let you drive me somewhere. Not because I believe you're so good, but because I know this. If it has to be, Jesus will help me. We think sometimes we're doing it, but can I tell you, all faith comes from God. There are some people that I, I, I'm i not getting in the car with. But if I absolutely have to, my faith is not going to be in their ability. It's going to be in God's ability. It all comes back to this church. We got to quit trusting in ourselves and start trusting in Him. And it doesn't matter what it is in your life. If, if Think about it this way. You, you and I are scared to death a lot of times to make changes. We're scared to death a lot of time to do something different. But, but if it's for the better, if it's for the Lord, don't be afraid of it. Go and embrace it. I didn't jump up one Sunday morning and say, you know what, I've been called to preach. I think I'll just start pastoring. my realization came to me that I was called to preach, I was scared to death and I did not want to do it. I had a hard enough time talking in front of some of my high school classmates and youth for Christ. My first message was about five minutes long and I don't remember what it was. I don't remember where it came from. But, I, but I'll tell you this way, it didn't take me long to say what I was going to say and sit down because you know what, I was terrified. Now you can't shut me up. And yet I'm scared to death every time I stand up to preach to you. First thing in my mind is, God, is this what you want me to really preach this morning? Lord, who's going to get mad at me for if I say what you tell me to say? 
who's going to be there that might be lost or, or backslidden and, and they're going to reject the word. What happens, Father, if I, I don't remember everything that, you know, I go through the week sometimes and, and, I, and I don't want to say practice my sermons, but I'm going to tell you something. If I could preach what was in my head sometimes, Lord, will they care? Will it make an impact? Sometimes I pull into the church parking lot. This is just a confession. And I wonder if nobody here is desiring me. Or if there's a whole bunch of them you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter if you don't want to come here you don't have to come here you say well brother honey I was forced to come here listen to me I'm not talking about that you ought to be here but if you vote me out it doesn't matter it hurts but can I tell you whatever you do to me doesn't matter as long as I keep my faith in God and follow him. He's got a will. He's got a plan. And I went boldly before the throne one day. And I, I accepted him as Lord and Savior. I went with assurance that he could save my soul. He could change my life. He could make me different. And he has. And while he's never failed me. I know I've failed him. And you know what? He's still there every time I come back to the throne. Every time I bow my head, every time I bow my knee, every time I just in silence say something to him, he's there. You don't even have to know. My, I, I mean, there, there, I can be praying and be in a room of everybody and nobody even know that I'm praying. I may not even look like I'm praying. And they don't know, but he does every time. Nobody can give you mercy like God can give you mercy. Nobody can change your life like God can change your life. Nobody can bless you like God can bless you. But can I tell you? Nobody can punish you like God can punish you. God's got final say. But he says it based upon your and my decision for our lives. That's why I said come boldly. Come Knowing, come with faith, come believing, God can do it, church. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we thank you so very much. And we love you, Lord. 
Oh, dear God. If we just listen to you, we just feed you, we just follow you, Lord, you can do anything. Father, we ask you this morning, touch the hearts of those that are here. Touch those who may listen. Touch those who may tell. God, may we be changed for thee, by thee, because of thee. We ask you, Father, these things today in Christ's holy name. And amen. If you have a desire to come this morning.